Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. Welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm so excited. This is the first episode that is close to real time. So I am recording this, or I should say, we will be sharing our birth story today um, about five, four days before this episode drops. So super exciting because we're actually finally parents. And um, if you've been leading, if you've been listening to episodes leading up to this, I've had so many people on to talk about birth and so many more to come. So you're going to hear throughout really this season, um, you know, as far back as February through now, what I wanted during my birth story for my birth story and today you're going to hear what actually happened so i'm not to diminish any of those episodes they all have incredible information especially if you are someone who wants to go natural um but check out those other episodes and interviews leading up to this because um it will give you a better depiction of what uh what i really thought going into birth so today I have my fiance and baby daddy and most listened to uh, guest here with us. And we're going to be going over our intentions for birth, the actual timeline and series of events, and everything from Jeff's perspective, given that I was drugged for a lot of this experience. So a couple quick disclaimers. First and foremost, I am not medical person at all. So I'm going to probably misuse terms and um, not remember certain things, uh, especially I'm thinking of two drugs they gave me that um, I really don't remember what they were called, but we'll, anyone medical will probably know what they are, um, at least OBGYN or labor and delivery nurses. And second, um, this may not be the right episode for you to listen to if you're pregnant. Um, I had two ideas of birth in my head going into birth. I thought there's natural, unmedicated, and really painful, but you grit through it, and it's magical because you um, feel everything, and you don't tear, and um, your recovery's better. And then I heard medical is peaceful and fun, but like you might tear, and or um, you know contractions might be worse with pitocin, but you get an epidural. And um, specifically, one of my friends was telling me how once she had an epidural, it was like this peaceful, fun, like they were talking to the baby. My mom was like, I had an epidural and I went to sleep, took a nap and then ate pizza. So I had these kind of two polarized options. Um, and what I experienced was directly in the middle. And to be honest, I called it a trauma and while it was happening, after it happened. So this is not to scare anyone, but if you are a nervous Nelly, um, you may not want to hear this. So um, if it were me, I would listen specifically because I had those two polar opposite ideas. And what I'm about to tell you is right down the middle. So this would have been helpful for me, hence why we decided to share. Um, and I hope it is helpful and interesting to you. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest, my beloved, and I'm my most listened to guest, Jeff. Thank you. It's great to be here. Glad it's you're here. <laughs> uh, our doula said it was an honor at the end of our birth. She said it's an honor. To work with me? <laughs> to work with us. Oh, okay. To deliver our baby. Um, so uh, any thoughts you want to share before we get started? Oh, geez. Um, 
labor is something you can try to prepare for <laughs> mentally, mentally, physically from the guy's perspective. But uh, it's just, it was just crazy. Um, it was a lot, you know, different, a lot harder than I expected. I knew it'd be tough. I knew it'd be, um, you know, a challenge. And I knew I had to be there, be strong, stay with it. But uh, man, it was, uh, I didn't expect it to be as long as it was, as difficult as it was. And just as emotional as it was. So it was, uh, oh. it was a challenge. It was a week. Both cried numerous times. I mean, I don't know if I actually cried, but it was. <laughs> luckily, we could wear a mask in the hospital <laughs> so I could cover it up a little. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was pretty intense. Um, I want us to go through our intentions for birth together before we get started, even though some loyal listeners have heard me talk to people like Lola Harris, people like. Um, Nurture by naps and um, others that to come about my what I what I thought I wanted. Um, oh, well nested as well with Stephanie Rampolo. <laughs> and he he, but she hasn't that doula has not been live yet. Um, but she will be on, and we'll talk about natural labor as well. So um, why don't you tell them our kind of intentions or rough draft birth plan? Yeah, early on, you're like, oh, I kind of want like a home birth or I'm exploring a home birth or, or just do it at home and be more comfortable. And I was like, yeah, first one, um, you know, I'd probably be more comfortable if we were at the hospital for, uh, you know, the actual labor or the end of the labor. Um, so then we kind of shifted gears into let's labor at home as long as possible, stay as comfortable, work with the doula. And then when it's time to go, we go in and then just finish the birth at the hospital in a safe facility and, you know, have the doctors around if anything were to happen. So um, you wanted to do labor at home as long as possible um, and then just kind of use the hospital for the final yeah. push. <laughs> and I, oh, final push. Uh, I also thought, and that's part of why we wanted a doula, because I think both of us would have been freaked out with like not knowing the what how intense are contractions when do we go to the hospital is this normal like what if the pain was so much that I freaked out and went into shock I you know just having a doula there at our house what is kind of like the ideal but then I also had stories in my head like my friend Courtney who went into labor so quickly that you know barely got to the hospital on time you know your sister same thing that in the back of our heads, we were also like, you know what, my water may break or um, may leak and it may be time to go pretty quickly. So, and leading up to our actual birth, we, I had had some contractions that were pretty awful, but it would only be like one. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of prepped me with uh, Instagram stories. Um, you know, we, could, we, could, <laughs> we could go at 32 weeks or we could go at 35 weeks or it could happen so soon. So we've been prepared since like, I don't know. Our hospital bag was in the car. Mid-February. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh man, just get through like March 19th. I got a lot of work that day. Our um, due date was March day. 28th in case anyone yeah. didn't know that. And then she went and went a couple weeks out or a week after. I was like, oh wow, I got an extra week of work. Yeah. Um, didn't expect that. <laughs> I kind of checked out uh, yeah, mentally, mentally. But uh had that and an extra week of work and then um you know the the contractions we thought were you know happening just you know yeah. fizzled dissipated disappeared never yeah. never materialized so just kind of sitting there twiddling our thumbs and went back to see the doctor and took it from there yeah. so our uh 39 weeks i was not dilated actually they didn't check me at 39 they checked me at 36 i wasn't dilated they checked me at 38 i wasn't dilated 39 they did not check me but i did a labor inducing massage with my doula who is a masseuse 
and it was really painful and I joked that it was like mental preparation for pain because she is this tiny but mighty woman who could put me through so much pain with these massages and pressure points at my legs and arms and hands and feet and she'd be like okay every pain has its peak breathe through it breathe through it and I'd leave there being like, that was awful, but like, it's over now. And maybe that's what contractions will be like. So 39 weeks, we get this massage, nothing happens. We go back to the doctor together at 40 weeks, which was actually the day after our due date. Our due date was Sunday, the 28th. We went to the doctor Monday. And unfortunately, I was a little bit stereotyped by the doctor we saw because she saw that I had a doula approved and was kind of like, you know, you shouldn't just, you should have an open mind and you shouldn't just come in here. And I was like, she didn't even ask me my birth plan. She just kind of assumed I must be wanting to go natural because of the doula. And um, she, I, I kind of said, I said, look, you know, we hired this doula because she said it, she was not a natural type of person, naturalist. She's like, I will be the one to tell you to get an epidural if you're not relaxed enough for the baby to come out. So we knew that our doula had our back and would be the level-headed person regardless. Um, but that doctor checked me and was like, I'm not going to do a membrane sweep even though you're after 40 weeks because, to be honest, it's going to be too painful for you because you're so not open in your cervix and it's not worth it. Uh, there's also this other thing where your cervix is kind of tilted back. I didn't know that. Mine was tilted really far back. It has to come forward and start to open up before you can do anything. So she basically circled a bunch of things out of paper. She's like, you're 60% of face, which means the cervix was 60% ready. Um, you're not dilated. The baby's engaged in the pelvis, though. That's good. She's like, so we'll see you Sunday, Easter Sunday, for your induction. Call in at 5 a.m. to schedule it, and um, we'll see you that day. And um, we'll get going. And I was like, well, I left there and I was like, you know, so many babies, including myself, I was like 14 or 13 days after my due date. Um, so definitely in the week 42, I was like, man, like 41 weeks just on the dot seems way too soon, especially given that we don't really know exactly what day we conceive. We think we do, but technically sperm live in you for seven days. So we could really be due like next weekend. Why would we not give ourselves a little more time? So tell them kind of how we made that decision. Yeah, so we just, you know, we we called the induction place or the doctor first. Um, I think doctors. We, we called the doctor. Yeah. We said, hey, you know, we don't we don't want to go in Sunday. Um, it's too soon. You know, what are our options? And they said, okay, well, we'll come in come in Monday for an ultrasound and to see the doctor again, and then kind of go from there. And I mean, it ended up being oh induction schedule for Tuesday, which gave us a couple of days. Um, it gave us you know, basically which, 48 hours for the baby to try to come on his own. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, my body didn't feel ready. Like, I was exhausted and tired and heavy and, you know, at my wit's end physically because it's just a lot to carry the extra weight. But I remember kind of thinking, like, you know, my body doesn't feel ready to do this. So the doctor on Monday, 41 weeks and one day, did a membrane sweep. It did not hurt at all. Well, a little bit. It hurt a little bit. I squeezed your hand pretty yeah. hard. Um, and there's a little bit of bleeding. And then I had a couple cramps later, like period cramps. So I was like, oh, yay. Like, he's going to come. Then we went back to the doula. And we did another labor-inducing massage yeah. at 41 weeks in one day. So I was like, okay, we've done the doctor. We did the membrane sweep. We've done the labor-inducing massage. We uh, we got our nails done again. I got my nails done again. <laughs> I had uh, gotten a blowout. Blow I was like, okay, I I'm got, just... I, uh, I cut down some trees Tuesday. You were getting <laughs> stir-crazy. Yeah. So... Well, I, took, I was off of work. I was like, oh, we're going in Sunday. So I'm going to start my paternity leave, yeah. you know, Monday, which would give me the whole month of... Uh, april um 
and I was like, okay, I'm going to be induced. I'm yeah. not going to go back to work. But then Monday comes around. We're at the doctor's like all afternoon. So I, you know, I, could, I probably could have worked a half day if I really wanted to. And then um, Tuesday comes around. We call first 530. You called 530 in the morning. Yeah, you have to call 530 in the morning. So I got up, which, by the way, was the earliest I'd been up in months. And I was like, oh, this is awful. I, I have my coffee just in case they're like, you want, we want you to come in at 7 a.m. I have my favorite perfect bar. I call and they're like, sorry, there's no room for you. And it felt like the Mary and Jesus story. Like, there's no room at this inn. So I was kind of like, well, crap, they're the ones who told us that there is a risk. So the later you go, closer to 42 weeks, research will show that the risk of having a stillborn increases. There's other things that increase, like, um, you know, maybe the baby's too big, which is not yeah. that big of a risk, honestly. Placenta could break down. Um, but um, but yeah, we were going to be monitored for all that stuff. So after they said, sorry, no room for you, call us back later today. Um, if you don't hear from us, call us at 5 p.m. I ended up calling the doctor at 8, and I was like, hey... They're, they don't have room for us. What do you want us to do? Do we need to come in and get checked? They're like, yes. Come in. We're going to do a non-stress test. Make sure the baby's okay. So I really do like that they were cautious with us. And they were like, we're going to check the heart rate. We're going to check your heart rate. All that stuff. We go in. The baby's healthy as ever. Doing his thing. He had passed his biology screening. Ultrasound the day before. Everything was awesome. And then on the way home, I had two contractions. Do you remember that? I think so. That I cried they brought me up to tears. Oh, yeah, you're on the ground. When you I was home. on the yeah. ground on all fours when we got home, and I was like, you know what, though? This is great. We're going to go into labor today, and we weren't supposed to be induced, and my body can do this naturally. And again, like, I believe now more than ever, and we'll get into this more in a second, but or throughout this episode, that, like, I probably would have gone into labor right when my mom did because, spoiler alert, now that I'm a week postpartum, I really do. I've tracked my mom's pregnancy down to the boobs, the leaking, all the stuff. And my mom was 42 days, 42 weeks and like three days with me or something. So anyway, um, I, I, being associated with the hospital though, they're like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. So I, yeah, I mean, said, they don't, they don't force you, but they like, we highly recommend it. Highly um, recommend we don't want risk. anyone going to 42 weeks. Uh, that's kind of their, you know, yeah. the end. So just and, for their for their own, I guess, protection too. And, and I didn't know this. It's different for everybody. But inductions can, especially with the first baby, take up to like two to three days. And well, four days. One girl went home. She started her yeah. induction. They told her it was just four days of induction. Yeah. So whereas like my mom, when my mom was induced with my brothers, her they, she was in it. She was like went into the hospital and had the baby five hours later. So. Um, so the risk of us, like if they didn't have room for us and we had to go back Wednesday and then three days later, we're closer to that 42 week mark. So we definitely were a little nervous. Unfortunately, some women on Instagram wrote to me and they're like, you're making me nervous. I can't believe you're not going in to get induced. And I'm like, look, we're not just like rogue here. We have doctors monitoring us Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, like we're, we're at the baby's heart rate's fine my vitals are fine the placenta was fine we had all this checked right but in the back of your head you're still kind of nervous so long story short at 3 30 i just got this gut instinct to call because they'd said call at five but i was like i'm gonna call right now so i had just showered curled my hair jeff had done some work outside i was i cut down some trees <laughs> yeah. for uh, hunting season and um I was making you a walking stick for postpartum uh, when I get the text saying, like, they want us, or you called me because I wasn't So I called, the and they were like, we want you to come in at 5. So we had, like, a tiny little scramble, get everything ready, call the doula, hey, we're going in. And we get there, 
And by 5.30, we were in the triage room, which is where they do the COVID test. So luckily, because I was COVID negative, I could not wear a mask the whole time. Jeff and the doula did have to wear masks. But the funny thing was, they kind of set up your IV port because they assume they're probably going to have to give you Pitocin. They're probably going to have to give you some fluids. They get this port ready in your arm. And the first nurse comes in. She kind of kneels down. I'm like, wow, she's really getting into this whole Pam. position. Pam. And she puts the needle in, and it hurt so bad, I kind of yelped. And she's like, sorry, I hit a valve. And there's, like, blood gushing out. And I was like, okay, I can't freak out about this because I'm about to push a baby out of me, so I'm not going to, you know, no, she I'm not going to worry. She missed the vein. But no, she yeah. said she hit a valve, the valve that holds the hold that makes sure the blood doesn't flow backwards. Uh. So then she goes over to the right arm. And that time she missed, and there was blood. Well, she's like, oh, I missed it, and she pulls the needle out, and I watch like a bunch of blood come out. Yeah, like, I, I didn't really miss that. <laughs> and my veins, by the way, so I'm a very two, vascular person. Yeah, you have easy veins to uh, see. I was like, uh, even my mom was here, and she's a nurse her whole life. She's like, wow, like, how do you? How do you miss <laughs> how do you that? Miss those? So it's just this is just a good start right it, there. Yeah, it's kind of a small anecdote, but that it, omen. it that was the omen that what the theme you're going to notice is in the story that everything that could have gone quote unquote wrong went wrong until the baby was healthy so that was the first thing that went wrong so they move us out of that they go into us and they take us to the birthing room and they check me and they're like oh you're not even dilated yet you're one you're one centimeter oh it's one centimeter yeah so i was like well what does that mean they're like well we're gonna have to give you this medicine i'm i know even if i I didn't even Google it because I didn't pronounce it right anyway. But there's there's two there's two medicines um, you could take either orally or vaginally that uh, help basically ripen uh, th- and open. thin down the cervix, yeah. open you up a little bit. Um, and one's kind of like a little shoelace thing, which we didn't do. They said no. that's a little less effective. At least they've seen it. But we did this other one. It's just a pill that they you know kind of they just insert, insert it. But the doctor like hours really just 16 hours. jam it up there. And again, it wasn't comfortable. But I was like, okay, I'm about to push a baby out of here. I got to get used to this. Yes. Yeah, so the first night was you got your. Well, they, that was probably like kind of late. It was a couple hours. By the time after, they put it yeah. in, it was probably close. It was 8 p.m. It's like close to bedtime. So it was yeah. 8 p.m. They put it in and they, they suggested sleep medicine because they were like, we really think you should take this so that you can fall asleep and, you know, rest easy. And we felt bad because we kind of knew with our doula, like, man, she's going to be here a while. Like, why, said, she, why she shouldn't be there the first yeah. night? But they, she couldn't leave and come back. They, they have this rule with, since they permitted her that she couldn't leave. So, But we were I, lucky to have her there because yeah. a lot of hospitals are just one person or nobody in the yeah. room. So, so they, we let her sleep in the hospital bed where I was. I slept on the, like partner pull-out bed with Jeff and basically I was like well what happens if it doesn't work they're like well we'll do up to four rounds of it but we're gonna just start with this every four hours we're gonna insert it in again we're gonna check you so at midnight I was I had fallen asleep because of the sleep medicine and started insanely sweating it was awful also started having really bad cramps so I thought oh it's working so they inserted again at midnight then I kind of fell asleep um, sweat more. They wake me up at 4 a.m. They put it in. And by about 5 or 5.30, they come in and they're like, okay, we're going to check you. They check me and they're like, oh, really? you're one centimeter. Not much has changed. Yeah, I think you were... <laughs> I don't even. Did you even get your last dose of that? No, we didn't do the fourth dose. But I was, I was frustrated, and that night was awful. Like it wasn't pain free. I was cramping. I do know that I had about two full blown contractions, and since they put a monitor on your uterus and the baby, you really feel disconnected from your baby because they have all this stuff strapped to your belly that like you can't really like. 
to yeah. feel connected to the baby. So and it wasn't it wasn't great for Heather and I because we kind of missed dinner. So all they had left was like some chicken tenders and fries. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah. So we were so all we didn't even have like a hungry. good meal before. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, you need to order breakfast. And I I just had a bar and I was just like, I don't even know. I actually don't even remember eating in the morning. But they said um, we can't. I said, so what now? And they're like, well, we can't give you pitocin yet because your cervix is really just not ready. So our options are. A bo- this thing called I think it's the folly well, balloon. Well, they said they said we'll give you this um, this balloon that basically kind of goes in uninflated into the you know. And they inflate it with saline. They inflate it with uh, it saline look, that looks open, like a dumbbell. Supposed to open up your cervix, um, and then they're going to start pitocin with that. Yeah, that was the original plan. So this they, is like mid morning. So well, mid early morning, mid early like five a.m. We had omelets. We had breakfast. It was yeah. dark. Oh yeah, I did not eat. I couldn't even eat the whole thing. It was so I was so out of it, but. They put so they put it in, and it was kind of painful. Not gonna lie, but again, I'm like, okay, well, this is tiny. I'm gonna push a baby out. So that was my kind of mindset. And then they start to inflate it, and it started to hurt really bad, and almost instantly, like within five minutes, I was yeah, contracting. You were discomfort, yeah. And so I started saying, oh my god, that's a contraction. That's a contraction. So what was happening was, and I call this the non-fair labor phase of my labor. From that 5 or let's call it 6 a.m. till probably like, what, like noon? 11 a.m.? I don't think it was that early. I think it was like maybe 10, 30, 11 a.m. I would have a horrible contraction and then, and I would brace through it by pulling on the side of the hospital bed like I was doing like a chin-up with a narrow grip, bracing my abs, just in so much pain. Heather was massaging me. That's my doula's name. Yeah. Massaging my feet. Jeff was holding my hand. Trying different positions. Trying different positions. And I just didn't know what I didn't know. But looking back, and we'll explain how I know this now, I was, again, it was non-fair labor because I would have the contraction. As soon as the contraction stopped, I'd have shooting pain in my vagina area and like bad period cramps. So yeah. there was just no let up. There and was because of the discomfort, they never even started the Pitocin. Like wait for you to get comfortable. You know, it's gonna yeah. be a little uncomfortable, yeah. but it's very effective the balloon. She's not that comfortable. And uh, oh and by the way, it, there's yeah. there's three cords that hang out of your vagina. So they would like tape it to your leg and then every time it would get really bad, they'd be like, Oh, go empty your bladder. So the doula would like walk me to the bathroom, help me hold the cords out of the way so I could pee. It just all felt really, really awful. And um and I was just like this and then the, the doula knowing what she knows, okay, you gotta be on your feet, you gotta let gravity help you, you're not gonna get anything done laying on your side really pushed me to get out of bed and yeah. i got out of bed she's like put on your playlist and remember when i was standing there holding onto the bar and blood fell out and we were like oh no this is good like this means like you, something's or leaking like when you sit on the ball and like yeah it's like a good sign I was definitely the leaking doula was stuff. getting excited but yeah so then we yeah. um we were laying there kind of like what's going on i wonder if this is working i'm i'm basically crying in pain and all of a sudden, the older nurse, Sharon, came in and she was like, sorry, sweetie, we just need to, we need to call the doctor. Um, the, the baby's heart rate's been really high well, for no, too long. No, she came, she came in like, it, it's almost evening time now. No, no, or it is evening. not yet. Well, the evening doctor's the one that made the call, so it had to be past seven o'clock. So she, no, no, no. So she came in and she says, let's deflate the balloon a little bit. It was because morning. Because it was so uncomfortable. I'll You're tell so you why it was morning, because the afternoon is when we did fair labor with the balloon out contraction rest contraction rest no. yeah yeah but because the, they took it they took the balloon out after like 11 a.m noon that early yeah 
So okay. I did the math, but okay. So anyway, right. she was. Oh, they. Def- you're right. They did deflate it, it first. for a while. Yeah. And that's that part. I started feeling a little bit of a let up. That's right. I started feeling a little bit of a let up yeah. where I was like, Hey, if this is labor, it's not that bad because you get a shooting pain, um, shooting, shooting pain, and then you get a rest, and it's like nothing happened. I was like, This is kind of fair. Like it's like getting pummeled by a wave when you're surfing, but then you can catch your breath. And to be honest, my I told Jeff this. I just remembered it this morning. My mindset at that point actually wasn't surfing yet. It was remembering when I'd be at Barry's, and any trainer can probably relate to this. And when you are teaching a class, you might have a dumbbell fall on your finger. You might have you might trip. I hit my knees on things. Um, I'd have awful stomach cramps. I'd have a sore butt, and then. You have to pretend like nothing, you know, you're on a microphone commanding a room of 52 people and you have to just grin and bear through it. And I was like, oh, like that's where I was. I was like pretending like someone was about to fall off the treadmill and I couldn't tend to my own pain. Sounds really weird, but that's where I went mentally. So anyway, then Sharon came in and she was like, um, sweet sweetie we have to get this balloon out because the, the baby's heart rate is too high. Yeah, she's monitoring the heart rate was over. 160 is like probably 180 to 200 for a while. I thought it was while. 200 or 230. It hit 200. No, it was like 180 to 200, which is too high. Um, so she she took the balloon out and then called the doctor. Yep. And then the doctor comes in and she's like, "This was evening time." No. That's night. It was hold a night, on. Night doctor. No, hold on. She comes in and says, "We got to break your water." Yeah. Do you remember what doctor did that? Whippy. Don't don't use the names. She's the night doctor. Oh. Starts at 7 p.m. Broke your water after 7 p.m. And then all night Seven, long. Eight, nine, 10, 11. Hold on. Let me just let me explain what I remember okay. because you have a different timeline. What I remember is they take it out, and the goal was to start administering pitocin because when they took it out, they said you're finally three-ish centimeters. We really wanted to get you to four, so we're gonna take it out and we're gonna give you pitocin. They took it out. And before they could administer the Pitocin, I started getting really consistent contractions. And that's when I was on my feet. They broke my water. They, I get they, on my feet and Heather had me doing squats. We had the playlist going. Overnight. yeah. And that was really fair labor. That was before the epidural because I was on my feet. Of course it was. But the epidural came late, late. So we were on our feet based on Heather's recommendations that despite the pain and how awful it was, I needed to be on my feet. The cords were hanging down, some water came out, and then they went to check, they went to deflate the balloon because of how much pain I was in, and that's when they noticed the baby's heart rate was super high. Yeah, well, she deflated it first, it was a little more comfortable, but you, you never kind of, you never got that comfortable with it, no. and then the baby's heart rate got high, and she's like, we got to get the balloon out. So, which was about 5 o'clock. Yeah, it was after 5 p.m., balloon came out, and then the doctor came in, looked at the situation, and said, this is not an option. We're going to have to break your water to calm yeah. your baby down. And now I remember this. Before they came in to break the water, I made myself eat an RX bar because I couldn't really eat lunch, didn't really eat breakfast, and I was like, oh, I should make myself eat something because I don't want to eat dinner for a while. So I eat an RX bar. doctor comes in, breaks my water. And um, I think the goal was to put me on Pitocin. But as soon as they broke my water, 
I went from the three centimeters to the from the balloon, so the balloon to four. It did its job from it was one to just three though. Miserable. I think they said they wish I they could get three, me to four. I think they got you three and a half with the balloon out. But um, it, then you started having kind of normal contractions. Really? So they're that like, that was fair just, labor. Let's just go. Yeah. Let's just let go with it. And you went with it for a we while. We had our playlist going. I had my yeah. headphones in. We did stand. We did squats, and that's when I was like, this is really fair because I have a break and I can breaks through it all that stuff and as like a as a bystander um they have all the monitors in the room and obviously you know you can look at them and it has the heart rate monitor and it has the contraction monitor um these little things on your stomach which you know they're not they're not always perfectly <laughs> aligned but um we're just kind of focused on looking at these like you just kind of look at the monitor like what's going on is the baby okay what are the, are the contractions coming? And it was the first time we saw like rhythmic. It was like a waves, like a you know, like swell coming in the ocean, just normal waves, high, not choppy, wacky. And I, we did forget to mention when they broke the water, they put a um, little sensor oh, on the baby's yeah. head. It's a little like cord that goes in, attaches to the baby's head for like that a better hurt. a better yeah. heart rate. So now you get this cord dangling out of your oh, tape to your leg. Oh, good, that cord hanging out. Yeah. So it's like I, they took out one cord and then they put another cord. You went from three to one. And so went from three. Oh, three cords. So and the other one, three cords. So then we have this fair labor thing. But I will say, after about two hours, so let's call it seven o'clock. The contraction started beginning pretty painful where I was like, this is just not ideal. Like, I would have Jeff put his hand out kind of like he was asking someone for money or you were going to pour change into his hand. And I would punch my hand down, like my fist down into his hand. Push against my hand. I don't know yeah. why I like that. but And I would lean against the, the bar that was over the bed. The, and the nurse told me, she's like, we have, you know, pain medicine. We have and I was fentanyl. Like, and I, and I, they didn't tell you what yeah. we had, but I mentioned it to you. Like, you know, you could get fentanyl. To, and I was like, fentanyl is like what kills people with heroin. Like, I was like. You, you, it sounds like a bad word. It but, sounds yeah. awful. So finally the nurse was like, look, I would just do it. So they give me fentanyl. And Heather, Heather and I agreed, like, you just need to relax. Like, you need to calm yeah. down, relax. So not it felt be so stressed. And just so, yeah. for a mini pause, it's like, okay, so the cervical medicine didn't really work for me. The balloon made the baby's heart rate skyrocket. Then we had to break my water. Now, which we haven't mentioned yet, they put you on a time clock. Once your water's broken, you kind of have like 24 hours to get the baby out, um, give or take. And different things can, there's different risk factors once they break your water, which by the way, no one told me about, but um, that was sort of a second thing that like went wrong. Then with the fentanyl, I started feeling amazing, and that's when I was like, Yeah, the first, so fentanyl lasts, they give you doses for one hour. Um, the first 15 lasts, minutes is like bliss. Yeah, it lasts an hour, uh, and then they can just, they said you can use it as much as you want. There's no limit. Every hour. It's just yeah. every, one, one, one dose an hour uh through iv and i would go like all of a sudden i'd have no pain and then after about 20 minutes 22 minutes i'd start having like okay that one hurts and then it would get worse 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 worse, and then like yeah. they give me more fentanyl so i think we did two rounds you tried three to go, hours of that yeah and you tried to go like let me go 15 minutes after like hour three or two yeah um, i was like i don't want to take it every and hour it, and it hurt you were in a lot of distress so it gave you the fentanyl and then you kind of never really got back to that never level of comfort better. uh you just never go back to that comfort so they level checked me at like let's say like probably by this point it's probably like ten o'clock because we did like three hours yeah. of fentanyl. And they, and they don't like to check you too often after they break your water just for infection purposes because you're putting up a dirty. You know, obviously they sterilize gloves, gloves and this and that, but, but it, there's, there's a chance of infection. Once the, the water's broken, 
yeah. they don't like to check it as, yeah. a lot. They will, but you know, as little as possible. Yeah. So then we, I, I, I just had such bad contractions. I was like, look, we've intervened in every way possible, from dilating the cervix to balloon in my vagina to uh, fentanyl. That I was just like, you know, and, and then to hear you're only four centimeters and you've been at the hospital for like, what it like, you know. 17 or 18 hours and you're like this is not cool that we just decided i was like you know what? i'm gonna do the epidural screw it i've heard um what like i said one of my friends was like once we got the epidural we were like recording videos talking to the baby like you can come out now bud like it's gonna be so great and my mom eating pizza some woman being like then i fell asleep all night woke up and it was time to push so i was like you know what that is what i need because i've never experienced pain like this before yeah. and by the way when i say pain i mean like they feel like where your period cramps are just really bad pain there um so we decide and even my doula was like i do think it's time you are exhausted and you still have to go all the way to 10 centimeters and push them out right yeah her and i were like you gotta you gotta, you gotta relax you gotta get her to relax you gotta get her to calm down yeah. and it's the right it's yeah. the, only, the only way to do that yeah. so the doctor comes in is like okay cool let's do it and i kid you not the next thing you know the anesthesiologist was in there like it it was a very quick turnaround problem was I had this like potential allergy to lidocaine. So we finally make the decision, we're doing this, we're gonna feel better. And then it's like, oh wait, I might not be able to get it because I'm allergic to lidocaine. So they had to do like a test patch. Luckily I was fine. They administer it. And to be honest, I don't remember feeling any like awful pain. Like it was pressure. You, I was looking at you with you. Heather's like, make sure you look at her, talk to her. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you didn't really know. They did like a little test squirt of the lidocaine just to make sure yeah. your your um your back didn't have a adverse reaction on the surface and it didn't thank god and then she's like all right we're just we're gonna, we're gonna so do this so i was this. scared i really was because they're like whatever goes in we just can't we can't really take it out so you might have yeah, to deal with the reaction slow it down but it's you know it takes yeah. time for it to, to so you gotta you gotta it's either all Way in or risk, not yeah. um so that was another thing that felt like, oh, this is going wrong. Well, we're, like Heather and I at this point, this is what? This is like 20 some hours in. So we've been at the hospital for, what, 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, her and I are getting tired. We're like, we just. Cause they were not, with me all day. You know, and we're not the ones in labor. We're just ones on our feet kind of holding legs up, position changing. Letting uh, push, push into Push against you. us, squeezing hands. And like that, that I have like, a death grip. Yeah, you know, physically it wasn't the end of the world, but like mentally it was it's getting. It's like man, it's just such a, such a slow process. So we're all like, oh great. We're like all so Heather and I are like, all right, she's gonna relax, and then this is just the a cakewalk. It's yeah. a breeze from here. Maybe we'll get you a little sleep. Um, and the nurses know, were even up. like kind of telling them like, okay, oh. just like go lay down. Jeff like um, put his bed out, laid down in the bed. Uh, Heather, so I, I think it was around one ish. Probably one. Yeah. When we went or down midnight, no, mid, midnight. a little after midnight. Uh, I think I like just slid down. Heather stayed up got, with you. She got for, in the rocking chair first for a little bit. Yeah. Then and I saw her with you and I was like, because okay. what happened was everyone, they turned the lights down. They're going to go to sleep. And all of a sudden I get a contraction and it feels like someone's stabbing me in the butthole and the vagina. And I was like, Oh my God, this hurts so bad. So I was kind of like, and Heather from across the room was like, breathe, breathe, do your breaths. Oh, uh, well, we didn't And tell then, them. well, then at about 1 a.m., they're like, hey, we got to put a catheter in. There's two options for going to the bathroom, and one of them is not on your own. <laughs> so, yeah. or a bedpan, which or a diaper, which I asked before. But uh, 
Uh, you either get a straight catheter where they drain your bladder every four hours. It's just they do it and it's done. And they'll do it again in four hours. Or you get a um, like a, like a full time catheter where it's a balloon it's, again. It's another balloon. <laughs> they they yeah. they put it into your bladder. It inflates a little bit and it just kind of drains the pee out as you go. And we're like, well, that's just one one, one and done. One and, and done. Let's you don't do have to it. worry about it again. So, but but meanwhile, before they that. do it, I'm having all this pain and I'm trying to breathe through it like a champ because all of a sudden. My belly didn't hurt as bad. Uh, my upper belly was pretty numb, mid belly pretty numb, right quad pretty numb. But I'm feeling pain down in my crotch and like my butt, my perineum more than I'd ever felt. So I'm kind of like, hmm. And by the way, they also, as soon as they gave me the epidural, gave me Pitocin. So, well, they had already given me a little with the fentanyl. So I'm having kind of um, exacerbated they, they started at like. Uh, you can, you can go from zero on uh, Pitocin to 30 is the maximum dose, and you were on a two. I was on low which dose, is the yeah. lowest dose to start, yeah. So I'm feeling these contractions pretty intensely, and um, I'm nervous because I've never had a catheter. And the nurse was like, she was so sweet. She's like, honestly, you're not going to feel it because you have an epidural. So Just pressure. Just going to be pressure. And then... They say, like, they don't take the pain away from, like, the vaginal area. It's more like the, the stomach contraction area. But, like, your legs kind of go numb. And, like, you'll just feel pressure. You're not going to feel but like But, yeah, everybody I know that's had a baby is, like, they did the epidural not to feel the ring of fire, not to feel pain. And I was like, well, I don't know what this is, but this is worse pain than what I had all day. They put the catheter in, and I screamed because I felt like someone like, was stabbing me. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Heather Fuck and I are this. like, oh, no. And so, <laughs> What's going on? So then we're like, okay, this isn't normal. And she's like, no, like it's probably just pressure. So they put the balloon we'll get used in. To it. They put the balloon in. Jeff and Heather go lay down again. And then I'm laying on my side, and the nurse goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen someone get an epidural and not just go to bed right away because, um, you know, this is, should be feeling better by now. I and think I, they gave you some. Is that when they gave you some nighttime medicine too? Just like a, I don't I, remember that if like they a, did. They did. They so, gave it to you some point during the night. So well, let's call it now later. sometime around 1 a.m. 1 o'clock. That's and I, I have the catheter. Right and now what's happening with this catheter is it, I don't know if anyone listening has ever heard of the term like a purple nurple when someone gives you like a, like a, kind of like a really intense pinch. Titty of your twister. Skin. Yeah, titty twister. Um, when I'd contract, I felt like someone was doing that on my urethra. So I was screaming, not just with all the pain I've already mentioned, but with the urethra. So they're like, look, we can take it out. And I was like, no, don't take it out because I don't want to. They're like, because then I, they'd have to keep going back in to do the straight catheter. And I was like, I don't want to feel that pain again. I don't want to feel that pain again. And she's like, and by the way, I don't remember when they told me this, but after they put the epidural in, they're like, by the way, you can't eat anything. And I was no starving. Solid, no solid foods, yeah. Because all I had had was an RX bar at like, you know, 5.30 p.m. or whenever that was. Early Turkey evening. Sandwich. I didn't eat that. Oh, during the day. No, I didn't. I played a turkey sandwich. I might have, but I don't remember if I did. I think we had lunch. I didn't eat a lot. I didn't know. I didn't want lunch. I gave Heather my lunch. Uh, I said, "You eat lunch because I don't feel good. I can't eat it. I was on fentanyl, and I just ate an RX bar later at like five thirty. So I didn't eat, and then I get the epidural when I'm the most hungry at eleven thirty at night, and then all night I'm like so hungry, so in pain. The catheter's hurting. So get this." They're trying to weigh the stuff of like, okay, you know what? Fine. Je Jeff and Heather were like, look, we're going to take this catheter out because you're in way too much pain. They go to take yeah, it out. Yeah, really, you got to take it out. Yeah. And as they go to take it out, they just happen to be time to do my vitals. And I had 101.9 temperature. 
and they were like you have an infection then i don't even know if they really told me that at the time they just said you have a fever do you feel hot do you feel cold and i was like no i don't i'm in so much pain like, yeah, the focus wasn't on I your, was your like, body I temperature care about my temperature so they brought antibiotics through iv a couple bags of that so tons of iv fluid so, so now, now we're like now it's like okay they got the baby monitor <laughs> you oh. got the, the contraction monitor you i got, got the, the catheter with the antibiotics like i'm over there like all right I i've got pitocin like we literally had every intervention that you could possibly have and yet nothing was working like my my um fever right. lasted mm-hmm. almost all night so so here's what goes on so we get that we they take the catheter out they're like by, by 4 a.m which you were more yeah, comfortable which i was more comfortable Finally it did comfortable. work but they said at 4 a.m we are gonna take we're gonna do the straight catheter to relieve your bladder so let's say from 1.30 till 4, I have a fever, I have Pitocin, I have a non-working epidural, I'm screaming and crying, I'm in so much pain, well, and you guys were still kind of like, not like Heather was kind of, would kind of engage with me, then you would engage well, with me. Well, no, it was 1 o'clock, I went down, and by 1.45... That's I was like, infection. something's going on. Yeah. You were screaming. And, oh, and they gave me so, popsicles. So I slept for maybe 45 yeah. minutes. Heather, maybe like 20 minutes. You know, back up. I was like, all right, some, she's, she's in pain again. Wrong. So you, you were like, this isn't working. And then like later, you had a couple popsicles. Yeah. Um, and then then uh, Heather was with me when this happened. But I, and I think you were on the other side of me, actually. Yeah. I knew that from what I've read and all the videos I'd watched, that when you transition, transition, I don't know why they call it that. I'm, not, again, not the pro. But that there's a part where you go to eight centimeters. And eight centimeters is supposedly the most painful part of labor and they call it transition so i'm laying there most pain of my life i kind of forget what it felt like now i just know where i was looking i remember where heather was standing behind me i remember her whispering in my ear like shushing me like a baby you got this and i said i want my mom and like they always say like when you're in the most pain of your life or you think you're gonna die everyone cries out for their mom cry out for my mom i know something's going down and then guess what it's 4 a.m it's time to put the catheter in they go to put the catheter in they check me and oh by the way i'm eight well, centimeters yeah you were like why does this hurt so bad where's the doctor and like the nurse is kind of because i because- knew <laughs> i knew i was eight i knew i was further along and some nurse at some point might have been sharon had said to me when you get to six centimeters, the doctors will be in the room because you're going to be in active labor, which is true. Active labor starts at six centimeters, but you're not there yet. So no need for a doctor in here. So I knew. So then they checked me. I'm at eight. And I'm like, exactly. I knew it. Where are the doctors? Why are they not here? And what's happening? So what they do, they, they put the catheter in, which hurt like hell, and they give me more what, pitocin. You, you, took the, you took that one a lot better. A little better. Yeah. But they couldn't find the baby's heart rate. Every time the catheter came, yeah. something went wrong. At that time, first it was baby's heart rate's too high. Then it was uh, you have a fever. Then it was uh, we can't find the baby's heart rate. So I'm they, they crank up the pitocin because we're on a timeline. And I go from 8 centimeters to 10 in like 30 minutes, from 4 a.m. to 4.30. 4.30, Brianna was still there, and they're saying it's time to start pushing. And that's when she got set up, and I was still like really upset about where the doctors were. Yeah, the she, doctors. she took offense to it. And, and she was like, like, hey, hey, like us nurses are you know, here yeah, for the whole thing. She was really <laughs> sweet. She's like, you know, you're kind of offending me that you want the doctor yeah, and like, not yeah. me. I'm like, no, you're great. It's just that everyone's misled me. And I kept saying, you know, all well, my friends that had epidurals yeah, have no you, pain. You kept on saying, my friends had it on and Instagram. It doesn't hear what's supposed to hurt. And they're like, just forget about just whatever forget about you learned or know. It. 
This is just weird. So my mind was just like, fuck this, because I don't understand. Like, Oh, you why? did mention the... We did have the, the anesthesiologist did come back down and she checked, did. and she's like, you know, she you're goes, at your yeah, kinda, you know, yeah. it's normal to have pressure down there, and I was like, but that was before I I felt the catheter. She did, so, yeah, she didn't have to the, give more or anything. But. By the way, after all this was said and done, uh, it was one doctor had told me they probably should have taken it out. It sounds like it was too far to the right, and could've, they didn't get it right. Could have replaced it. Yeah. yeah, and my mom said they had to do hers three times to get it right. Your spine's kind of um, curved too. It's like my I don't know how they would have. So they're like, they should have done it better. And the head of anesthesiology came to talk to me the next day when you were running errands and um, was like, is there anything we could have done better? And I was like, yeah, like either A, (laughs) tell me that it's not going to work or B, and we'll get to how we really know it didn't work in a minute. But um, besides the feeling the catheter. But um, anyway, 4.30 a.m., Brianna's like, we got to start getting ready to push. They got some like some extra sheets out. They got the butt, the bar, the birthing bar back up the over the bed. It kind of looks like a gymnastics bar is going over your bed. Um, and I said to her, I'm like, I want to push the way I was taught in my doula courses with um, the birth lounge. And um, I and the way that you know so many people I follow on Instagram talk about like the, if anyone that follows me on Instagram knows that I've been doing all these crazy breathing exercises to really practice my ab engagement. Here's the problem: the only thing the epidural worked on was Goodness. my stomach. Couldn't I couldn't ass. feel my stomach, and I told Bri- Brianna, she was like, "Here's what's gonna happen: you're gonna inhale really hard, you're gonna then hold your breath, which they tell you don't hold your breath in all these courses. You're gonna push like you need to poop, which all these courses are like, don't do that, you'll tear." And you're going to be on your back. And I was like, all the things that I spent 10 months prepping to avoid. So I gave her a shit. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's well, not how so I you, train. So you said, hey, I, I thought you weren't supposed to uh, hold the breath of blood. She's like, well, it's super nice nurse. She's like, all right, well, let's do it. Let's try your way. We'll do yeah. that for yeah, a push. And sick. then let's try. Let's try the other way and, and yeah. just see what feels more comfortable. Like They're not going to make yeah. you do anything, but yeah. they have a system. And they yeah. obviously, they've been through a million labors. So. And one of my friends who's actually been on this podcast to talk about infertility, um, Lauren Palm, she has a baby. She had a natural birth. She told me, she's like, you know, this may sound weird, but my midwife actually pushed kind of in my vagina she kind of pushed down when it was time and it kind of showed me where to channel my energy now here's the thing guess what if you had an epidural you wouldn't be able to feel that it just so happened brianna did the same thing she pushed in that area it ironically felt good so everybody who says that once you're at 10 centimeters it actually feels good to start pushing is right it did feel better and it felt good to have her hand in there to kind of guide me and so what we would do is we'd wait for a contraction and we'd start pushing so this is 4 30 in the morning I'm on my back. I start pushing. I'm starving, even though I had two popsicles. And I remember... Uh, two firecrackers? They were bomb pops. Bomb pops. Bomb pops. It was Red, the best thing blue. ever. Uh, it was honestly the best thing. we have thing. some in the freezer. Best thing ever. So we go through that. And then I just start to feel really good. And then the nurse was like, yeah, I have to leave. Because it was... Well, that at 7, the shift changed. Um, but we had been pushing... Um, we had been pushing on my back. We also did the sit up in the chair. We did sit up. We did on your peanut ball side. But the peanut ball was later. Was, well, you did it twice. Oh, I did it did twice. It earlier okay. And then later. I don't remember. Um, and we didn't oh. mention this. Um, there's a little button on the IV oh. where you can hit Deliver the button every more every 15 minutes and. You, to get more meds. I kept you, hitting it. You, you, I don't think you could, but like Heather and I could hit it. The doctors aren't allowed to touch it, but um, yeah, they're like you can you can hit this button every 15 minutes for more. once every 15 minutes yeah. to give you like a little extra so you you reminded us 
Because I kept thinking maybe this every time, couple minutes, maybe like, this time hit it the will, button. Yeah, I need maybe, more. <laughs> maybe it'll give me more. Well, like, absolutely, and, absolutely. I'll hold it down if I could. Yeah, but then it never helped. By the way, you couldn't tell. It yeah, didn't help at all. Um, but here's what I remember. I remember Brianna getting me ready. I remember trying to push, but it felt not. It, it felt like if any of you right now that are not pregnant practice pushing a baby out how weird it would feel because you'd be like there's one there's no baby in there and two why the hell am i doing this that's how it felt to be honest it it didn't hurt but it felt like why am i doing this so then a doctor who i actually really liked um came on at, uh, right after seven um dr chun yep. and she got me ready in a different position they call it like the princess position it's kind of like you're sitting on a chair um but like or a toilet because that area under your butt is kind of open and I, I was pull, and then I was pulling on a towel. I mean, there were all yeah. these different. Yeah, legs were obviously spread. Towel around the bar. There's a towel around in the front bar of you on the bed. It's kind of like you're climbing a rope. I would pull the, I would pull the um, sheet. And by the way, you you push when you feel a contraction. Yeah, not the beginning of the contraction, near the peak you're the supposed peak. to. The peak. So here's what it feels like. It feels like if you've ever gone surfing, when you feel the waves start to swell. And you know that if you start paddling, you're too early. You don't, and you're not going to catch it. You wait for the wave to swell really high, then you paddle, 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 and then you pop up. So my mentality was, okay, I feel the contraction building. I feel it building. I'm going to paddle, paddle, paddle. And then to make it seem realistic, because surfing is usually fun, I would imagine I was surfing with, like, a really big gash in my leg that hurt. Because I was like, it hurts really bad. Or is a shark. Or a shark had just bit, bit, bit me or something. Off and you're on and I'm leg. trying to, yeah. So then, so that analogy wasn't super helpful. So we start, we continue to push um, with the contractions. By the way, the contractions were not that strong. They really were like not the that. The first time you pushed, like we think you're, you actually created the contractions on the monitor. Like, yeah. A little bit. But that was like the first round. But uh, so Dr. Chen kept leaving. Then they kind of stopped. Yeah. She kept leaving because she, she, she's like she nothing's said happening. She said she had like her, her, like she was like checking you out while you push and like pushing yeah. my fingers, this and that. And um, uh, but, it, yeah, but, but nothing was really nothing happening. Nothing was going anywhere. So she left. The doctors were only there for like the final. Yeah. Countdown. So then we get a different nurse who I really liked. She came in around um, eight a.m. Um, and her name was Alicia. <laughs> Alicia. No okay. Sorry. Well, they're not gonna know. They don't live in. They might not live in the state. We're not saying last names. Anyway, she came in with essential oils to try to calm me. She was just like, um, sort of like a doula, honestly, like coaching me. She just jumped into position when jeff was tired and by the way they also i keep saying by the way they they keep they tell you to push for 10 seconds and then take a big breath and then 10 more seconds take a big breath 10 seconds it's like three so it's like 30 seconds of work and then rest problem was that uh sometimes the contractions would die out so i started learning like i'm not going to try to push a third time if there's no juice left to help yeah you you did good for a while then like you kind of fizzled on some of the third and then i started losing myself I, I don't remember much, but it, except it was losing somewhere around. Losing more. <laughs> yeah, losing myself more. I told Jeff at one point, I was like, you're counting too fucking slow. Uh, so, yeah, so, like, we're over there, like, I don't know how I got stuck with the counting job. It was yeah. the nurse, and then it was Heather. Then I was like, okay, I guess I got to count. <laughs> it was yeah. like one, two, yeah. three, four, every single yeah. push, uh, which is, is fine. Then <laughs> they just get so uncomfortable. It so was like, just you count too fucking yeah. slow. So I just like okay. Oh so uh, then we switched to the counting. peanut ball, which by the way, laying on my side was probably the most comfort I found throughout labor because nothing obviously comforted me. I'm also, by the way, processing all. I said by the way again, 
I was processing all of this in real time. Like, I remember at one point, I'm like, this is so traumatic. This is the worst day of my life. Why is this happening? Like, everything's going wrong and nothing's working for me. And I still have to do this. And I was still really scared of, of yeah. having it, the baby come out. So yeah, we're pushing, we're pushing, we're past the 24 hour. Well, first we got to the sideline position. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, this is game time. I'm going to push so hard. And we're pushing, and you didn't tell me this at the time, but you and Heather were like kind of getting worried because I was working so hard and nothing was happening. Like obviously like, you can't see what's going on inside, but uh, you could not see the baby's you, head. You basically, couldn't, couldn't see like. And a lot of times you, you know, get the you start to see the baby's head before the baby's head actually comes out, and that's see, when like, you, you know see a little bit, you're and close. Then, like it go back in. And out. So the other so as I'm like processing all this, everything's gone wrong. The cervix medicine didn't work. The balloon didn't work. Baby's heart rate's high. I'm on IVs. I have an infection. The epidural didn't work. All this awful stuff. I haven't eaten since 5 o'clock or 5.30. It's now 8 a.m. the next day. Lo and behold, at this practice, uh, you have to see all the doctors. And I told Jeff early on, I said, the doctor I saw at 36 weeks is the only doctor I would not want to deliver my baby. And Jeff had said, well, Jeff was like, well, you know, you kind of do want the guy with no bedside manner who's successfully delivered, you know, a thousand babies. He's an older man. Um, You know, you kind of want that person. Not not the best personality, but But (laughs) experience-wise. Experience, he's probably great. That's all that matters. So 8.15, 8.30, he waltzes in. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I looked at Jeff and I was just like. I didn't know it was him. I I just, he started talking like, I'm holding your leg up. Heather's your other leg. I'm on my side. side." And like, he's just, you know, very soft-spoken. Like, hey, yeah. So, you know, it looks like we're kind of pushing the the length of the epidural and, and the labor here. Um, Your you water's know, been broken he's for like, too long. You have an like, infection. They used to let you go four hours, but now they kind of push it. Like he's like just super like sauce, but like you know they kind of push it back. And she's over there like screaming. He's like, "Hey, push it back an extra hour for labor." But it looks like you know it looks like the baby's okay. And, and she's he's like, close, "I'll let so you we'll, go. We'll 30 let you go. Minutes. We'll get you." Well, he, I didn't hear that. He said, "We'll let you go a little longer and see, see what happens." Then he left. And he left. So I was like, "Okay, I'm so gonna Heather end up in a C-section." And he said, "He said we'll have to do a C-section if we you know." And I'm like, all of that for then another thing to go wrong like i was just like beside myself so i kind of jumped into gear i was losing i was losing faith pretty yeah pretty quick and i was, I like, was this I was, is just you're yeah. exhausted there's no progress there's no progress you're you've been uncomfortable for i've been pushing for over hours. four hours at this like, point we're, we're done pushing for four hours no food in my stomach the heart rate monitor they, they took the head thing off because they had to I don't know, put the catheter in the head thing came off so the baby monitor was, was like, like off was crappy that it was like i don't know i was like oh man how do they even know what's going on i just remember crying and being like i can't do this, like, why, is this so I, hard? why is this happening to me so um so when we hit the doctor came in because we had gone 30 minutes it's now closer to 8 30 and um or 9 and he's a little concerned um it probably was over at past nine actually and um, they said, that. they said, you know, let's try one last thing. Let's try to empty her bladder and see if that creates more space for the baby come out. Position. And they ha- well, they have to change. You have to be on your back to do the catheter. So they take the peanut ball out. And if anyone's given birth, you know, especially if you did it naturally and you felt everything like I unnaturally felt everything. Um, when you're contracting that bad, the last thing you want to do is move. You you do not want to move. At I was like, all. don't make me do yeah. this. Like, Plus, I'm tra- I'm traumatized by the catheters, yeah. so I'm I, I don't have anything to grip. So I was like, hold my hand, hold my hand. They roll me onto my back and splay my knees out, kind of like a frog. And all of a sudden, they can kind of see the head. 
And they're like, we can't put a catheter in because the baby's head's no, too low. No, they didn't see the head yet. They, they put you on your back. They put the catheter in. And then no, you they said, couldn't. No, they did. They got some out. They, they put it in. And then you said, I got to push. So they had it in for like 10 seconds. They really? got a little bit out. I they thought they pu- couldn't get it out because no, the head was, was so low. That was a second catheter. Oh. Um, they it had to maneuver behind oh. his head. Um, they put it in. I'm watching it. They got a little bit out, and then they pull it out right away. I'm like, oh, geez, like, she's going to get another catheter in. But you were fine. Like, you, at that point, you well, didn't that's right. feel that. Yeah. But um, that you said they, I had to push, so you can't push with it in there. So And you took a picture, and we could no, see the head. No, that was after. Oh. The, the catheter came out. You said I got to push, so you pushed. And it was either that push or the next push. I'm like, You could see the head. I was like, I think I saw something. Like, yeah. Then they, I'm like, hey. I told you. I'm like, there's. we can see the head. Just keep going. Keep and, going. And like, this is it. Final I did countdown. not want to push on my back. I was so scared. The doctor gets his tools out. I Do- see him. So once, once this, like, there's a swarm of people um, come in the room. I found like, seven, eight people. I also was Doctors like, good as like, I was nice like and clamps praying the, in my uh, head. I was thinking of the women who have done this You're fully me. naked. Oh, by the way, yeah, I, oh, by the way, I was so sweaty. I was like, yeah. Certainly. Yeah, Jeff used to say certainly in every episode. First podcast. Um, certainly. They, I was like, get this gown off of me. And I didn't even care. I was just totally naked. Give me naked. something to push, Jeff. So I like put my yeah. hand up. No, that's I not, was, pull me. I said, don't, pu- yeah, what I was, do you want me to do? Then, push or pull? <laughs> well, I will say that by the time the doctor got set up, I had this moment in my head where I was like, I can't. Like, I have no energy left and all of a sudden i remember i was looking over my shoulder to the right you know people are holding my knees out the doctor's got his hands up in me and i just knew i can't i cannot do this i have no energy left to push and all of a sudden i felt like i had to throw up and it's like your body heaves like you're throwing up heaves a baby heaves and you just start pushing and so what happens when that with so um, mechanical through your body it's actually an unconscious thing called the fetal ejection reflex where um, it's a natural response so that if a woman was unconscious, her body would actually deliver the baby. I had read about this. I knew it happened. I didn't expect it to happen for me. But clearly, uh, Could try that next I time. needed that to happen <laughs> because I yeah, was so a- just completely out of it. And as it happens, you know when you dry heave, um, people will actually hold you when you're throwing up because you have, you know, you might hit your head on the toilet. You you can't control your body, right? So when I did that, my head would roll back. My doula would take my head, put my chin to my chest, and say "push." So I did one like that, and We're then yelling, I rest. Like, push, push. push. Ah. So I rest, and then I'm like, "Wait, wait, it's gonna come on again." Just like you know, when you're gonna dry heave again. So then I feel it again, and then I roll my head back, and she takes my chin, push it to my chest, like hold it, hold it, and then you push, guys push. said, "I see the head, I see the head." So I was like, "Okay, I'm close." Yeah. So I don't. We didn't count. Who knows? Well, so like, we didn't have to four, count. There's probably four or five more oh, of yeah. those convulsions. And then you did this like monster push that, that never, well, never because ended. Because Heather, the doula, started going, "You, it's happening! Go, go, <laughs> go, go!" So there was no counting. Thank God, I was so over the counting. I lost my counting job and, about an hour ago. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I know I can do this. I held my breath. I knew the ring of fire was happening. I was like, okay, this is the ring of fire. They said he's crowning, and I was like okay, this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. It's going to be over soon. So I just held it, and I held my breath, and I just, I, it was you, so like. you push, and, like, I saw the head kind of pop. The doctor did some magic trick where, like, he slid the, I don't think the cord was, like, wrapped around his neck, but it was, like, around his head or something. So he slid the cord, kind of rotated the baby. Shoulders. Within one more push, the baby came out. So I'm, like, 
oh my god and i could see declan on his side kind of in the fetal position and all of a sudden they're sucking stuff out of his mouth which we didn't want they're like jeff you gotta cut the cord we had told them we want delayed it was cord like clamping all hands on and deck then i looked to my right cut the cord so i like i had to take my you had to cut snips. the cord it was actually harder yeah either the scissors were dull or it was kind of tough you i had to like cut that and then, and then I looked to and my then right. They just and took I, the baby right away. Well, because I didn't know this, but there were like eight people in the room standing yeah. around these two different machines that were for whatever Declan needed to be either resuscitated or yeah, warmed or infected. I think because of the length of the labor and the infection. Of me. My, they, it, by the way, the infection was called chorioamniotic. Yeah, it's a chorioamniosis or chorioamniotic. It's an infection that, of the amniotic fluid. It happens from, which is not super uncommon. It happens, but uh, But it can have major. My mom told me this like just the other day. It can create cere- cerebral palsy in the baby if it, you know, if things. Yeah, don't it's go not ideal, yet. obviously. Um, and the baby pooped coming out, so there's like, oh, okay, out. just poop in the. So fluids. I'm like, okay, I just had a traumatic experience. The doctor I didn't want delivered the baby. Thank God the baby's out. Okay, great, put him on my chest. And then I was pissed that they cut the cord too early. Then they take him from me. So I'm like, where's my baby? Well, and you so were like, I'm over there, like trying to like make sure you're okay. The baby's on like the table. There's like a little exam room they wheel in. And there's like three to the right, people three around doctors around. One. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I'm like, okay, you're okay. I go over to the table. I'm like, okay, the baby's moving. He's not crying yet. He's not like breathing yet. Yeah, they had to like resuscitate it. They weren't crying. He wasn't crying Meanwhile, yet. I, but I, I see him moving. I grabbed his hand yeah. and he's like kind of squirming. I'm like, okay, he's okay. I go so back to Garrett. Then I go there. back to you and you're like, why are you pulling well, on the don't yeah, pull the placenta? Because the doctor started pulling the placenta. I think he was like, And I had been taught, like, like yeah. let the placenta come out naturally. Don't let someone tug. And he, the only time he was kind of firm with me, he's like, I need to get this placenta out because of your infection or you're going to hemorrhage. You're already bleeding too much. So you so pushed. He's like, give me one more push. And I remembered somebody, don't remember who, where, when, why, who, where I heard this. I heard from somebody that when you push the placenta out, it's actually a relief. So that gave me the courage to push one more time. I pushed because this, right this time I didn't have the natural convulsion. I had to actually push. I pushed. It comes right out. I did feel major relief. But then he starts, uh, he's like, okay, I'm going to stitch you. And my doula whispers, you might have had an episiotomy. I'm not sure. And that's like every woman's worst fear. Explain what that is. It's where they cut your As extra skin towards the butthole as so that there's as he's coming out so that i there's, do not see that happen okay i don't think it happened yeah, because I no one told me but heather I, thought it might have I and i definitely that. had tearing so i go if you're gonna stitch me give me lidocaine give me fentanyl like i don't want to feel this so he goes okay fine but it's gonna come through a needle so i felt nine pokes with the needle, of this course, I felt everything. Yeah, like dentist, yeah. And then you're, you know, then you're waiting for it. I was like, get, let it soak in, let it soak in. And um, he just started stitching right away. So I felt him stitching everything. I was crying. I was like, then he goes. Then the baby started crying. Then too. the baby started so crying. The making noise. So I'm like, okay, I'm, this I'm back is good. and forth between the table between you. I'm like, he's okay. Yeah. He's just relax. He's fine. They're so taking I'm care finally of him. like, okay, I'm finally the pain's over. The doctor stands up and he was just, he's not the, yeah, like I said, no. Like not, shakes your hand. Nice to meet you. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like, well, uh, congratulations. Uh, have a nice, you know, have a nice day. And he walks away. <laughs> so the nurses were like, a godsend i will say and i said this during my labor i said this is nobody's fault 
we are just having a reaction to every intervention. And this is why, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, maybe my body would have done this all naturally at 42 weeks, like your cousin who was like 42 weeks, three days. But 16 days. because we intervened with medicine based on the risk of having a stillbirth with um, not being induced, which is medically, they the doctors do tell you that the longer you go, the higher the risk. We decided to listen to the doctors. I had an adverse effect to every intervention. So the, the nurses, uh, they, they're like, they said, we need you to do a glute bridge. And I'm like, I just gave birth. I can't do a glute bridge. Yeah, but you're like, uh, but I'm also, uh, also a nationally ranked powerlifter. <laughs> I can do, you start doing three, four, five, like just one. No. You, I'm counting the reps. Like, so one, two, I was like, three, I four. need your help. So they lift my butt up. They pull the bloody sheets out. They put something clean under me. They start kind of making sure I'm okay. And I'm like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And they bring the baby over to me. They put the baby on my chest. And then I'm finally like, I'm crying. We're taking pictures. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then he starts pushing. His, I'm going to cry saying this, but he starts pushing his feet into my hands. Yeah. Like doing a leg press and lifting his head up. <laughs> and I'm like, like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> I was like, you're so strong. And, and we're just like, I'm like, oh, it was all worth it. Like, I'm just finally like, I know I've gone through trauma. I'm not, I'm thinking in my head, like, how could I ever do this again? But I know I want more kids, but thank God he's healthy. And finally, everything's going right. And then they're like, Garrett, we're going to have to take him away for six hours of observation. Yeah, five and I'm to six like, hours observation. I'm like, what about the, the golden hour? Like, the infection. I'm like, yeah. I want a golden hour. They're like, he has, he could have an infection. We need to expect him. We need to observe him. So far, his vitals look good. And then they, they take him. And then, thank goodness. So I, I, I got to go with him to the nursery. Yeah. Um, they put oh, the stuff on. Yeah. I was hanging out with him for a little bit. And then, like, you know, you can just come here and visit him if you want. Um, yeah. Anytime, so I, I was like, okay, he's he's good. He's, his oxygen levels were fine. Mm-hmm. His breathing, his heart rate were fine. So I went back to Garrett back in the room, which they just transformed into like a normal room again. All of a sudden, it looks <laughs> yeah. like a normal room. But and then like we actually got a, like a little bit of sleep while. But for much, between but. that time, these two nurses like picked me up like a wounded soldier. They wrapped this sheet around me, and one of them was British and had this hilarious sense of humor, and she's like, all right, we're going to toga you, and they put a sheet between my legs, and they, like, carried me, like, army style into the bathroom. She's like, whatever you do, don't look down. I promise you, you don't want to see it. They put me on the toilet, and they're like, you know, blood's falling out of me, and the um, nurse I really loved, Alicia, was like, okay, I'm going to put this hospital underwear on you. Then she puts this pad that's literally the size of like a puppy pad for potty training in the hospital underwear then she puts an ice pack on and the the british nurse is holding my hand she's like i told you don't look down and so they strap it on me and then like you literally can't walk you look like a sumo wrestler because there's all this stuff between your legs so they hobble me back to the bed they like lift me up onto the bed and they're like you need to sleep and i'm still like where's my baby and jeff was back by this point yeah, and I was like, Jeff, fine. can we go? I was like, I'll take a 30-minute nap, but then I want to go see him. So I set my alarm for 30 minutes later. You were like, an hour. So I think I did set it, maybe an hour. Yeah, let's just... Apparently... You need, you need a little rest. He's fine. He's in good yeah. hands. Yeah. And I guess I um, I killed my alarm, and we ended up sleeping just under bit, yeah. over two hours. We wake up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shower. By the way, I have... I almost said by the way, and I don't know how I showered. Uh, the nurse had said, call me and I'll help you shower. I just did it on my own. I really don't I remember. No, I did it all by myself. And I don't remember I don't remember um, doing it, to be honest. I don't think you did take a shower. I did, because my hair was braided and wet. And um, 
and then by the time I got out of the shower, got in bed, and was like, "Let's go visit him." They wheeled him in. We while well, we we he called got them, out like, an hey, hour can we, early. Can we visit the baby, and, and the, yeah, they, they only had him for like four or five hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he was, was doing great, and then like, we got to hold him. Like, okay. And then I was like, still kind of in shock, but I was like, "Do I feed him?" And they were like, "Well, you can try." Like they really don't put pressure on you to do that, but I knew because we had tried pumping to induce my labor the night before the induction. I knew I had stuff in there, so I was like, "Okay, I'll try." And I did everything wrong, and I, I mean, I'll save this for another podcast. But like, my nipples were like scabbed by the time we left the hospital. It was so painful. Oh, for the breastfeeding. Oh yeah, I did everything wrong, and um. It was just like, okay, and he was so alert, and he was so chill, and it was all fine, but it was just like, it was honestly so oh. awful. Like, I say... Then we spent the next two nights at the hospital. And that those two nights were purgatory. Like, the first really? night... Well, the first night, we took turns, and we made it these, like, kind of two and a half, three hour stretches. The problem was that I was getting in and out of the bed, holding the baby, doing, like, basically single leg kind of stand-ups, and... And I think I might have injured myself doing that because my body wasn't kind of ready. And then the second night, we only slept 40 minutes because he had a witching hour second night. Second night was awful. It was the worst yeah. night of my life. But that would have happened well, anywhere. birth was the worst night. That was the second. But yeah, my, they, they my kept hips, us there for a couple of days. My hips felt like they were get going back together. I was having postpartum sweating. My boobs were killing me because my milk was coming in. But none of the nurses believed me. And then um, he wouldn't stop crying and... I just kept holding him because we read as long as he's close to the boobs, he'll be comfortable. But I, I didn't have the strength to sit up at right. It's like, okay, you got 42 hours of labor. And I didn't eat for, you know. You get like a two-hour nap, and then you get to take care of a, a newborn baby. A baby without sleep. <laughs> like I luck, mean, yeah. it was it was so bad, but. We got some cheeseburgers. I didn't. Yeah. You and Heather did. Because I said, all I want is a perfect bar and a nitro coffee, and you got that for me. But I just, I, I was so distraught i even texted my mom i'm gonna need a like a grief counselor trauma counselor after this but you know i feel good about it now it's just the wildest part of all of this was by the day we left though so he was born 9 50 a.m thursday by saturday morning when we were about to head home from the hospital i texted my mom and i was like everything down there feels a little better my bleeding has already decreased my milk is in um I think I might be Superwoman. Like I literally, she goes, "Well, that sounds like a really positive text." Like I'm and, ready, to, ready to do it all over again. And I was already like, "Let's get another baby." Oh, I, I I could do this again. Like it is really <laughs> weird how your body does that, but it has to because otherwise no one will ever have a kid again. Yeah, but I mean, it was just like I don't know if you have any final thoughts. I have a couple questions from people that I have to like just make sure we covered, but it um it would I would love your thoughts just so that we could kind of make sure there's anything nothing I missed. All right, I got three final thoughts. Okay. First one, we're sitting in the basement with a pellet stove going and it's snowing outside. What's it's that? April, it's April something and it's snowing, so it's just, <laughs> it's just random. You're just describing the scene. The scene, just to try Gosh. to get it. We did take him out in the stroller in shorts the other day. We so. don't have any snow clothes for the newborn who was born in you know, yeah. the spring. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, two things. One is um, the emotional kind of roller coaster uh, oh. for me. Like you cry. Bu- yeah. Well, no, it's it's a weird thing. It's like I'm not a super emotional person. I don't show my emotions uh, much. Uh, I think the older I get, a little more. Uh, you I don't try to hide them. I don't cry a lot. I'm not a super tough guy. I'm somewhere, you, you know, do. somewhere like, in there. You let it out when you need to. Yeah. So it's like you're you're sitting there and thoughts go through your head, like middle of the labor, like almost done with like 
you just get like choked up and like i wouldn't physically cry but like, we you could see both, my eyes yeah. were watering and then uh it was hard for both of, i kept saying yeah. this is the worst day of my life and like under my Until mask like <laughs> under my mask like i was getting stuffed up and like oh take your mask off for a picture i'm like i gotta blow my I nose because i've been like holding up these like snots in here um i had to watch that after but uh yeah it's just weird it would it wouldn't just it wasn't like oh he's born i'm just bawling because that it wasn't like it was that. like crying throughout it was like throughout you know the when you whole cried the hardest after once, he once left you the came room. back from yeah, dropping a, him off at observation just to hug you yeah we hugged each other and both like it's done we did it yeah but yeah it's, uh, it's, it's but so it was weird. so scary because we're like he's under observation yeah we think yeah. we're th- we think we're through the woods here but um it's just something you know you can't prepare like and you you just think of something like we're at 4 a.m and you're going through contraction i'm just thinking like does she need a c-section you get like choked up and, and then the doctor did kind of like, suggest ah. that yeah. so it's just a weird and, and i told myself i'm like she's been in misery discomfort and like awfulness days. for two days i have to be the strong one i have to i can't start crying and she's gonna she's gonna completely just give up or, or kind of yeah. like, or, or who knows, but I, I, I can't show like that kind of emotion. So like in, in your head, you're like, hold it together. Like you get like te- teary eyed, <sighs> think of something and then like it goes away. But it was like, you're, you're on like the borderline of crying for like 40 hours. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Just think about that stuff like that. And I, I'm glad you held it together because I was crying multiple times. You, you looked at I me a cried. couple of times. I'm like, don't, don't I, cry. I, like, I, I think at you sees my eyes yeah. watering, but I don't looked at you. Her. Well, I didn't, luckily I didn't think you were crying in those moments, but I remember you could, I could feel well, you I never, I never actually cried. You were giving I was me just sympathy. Like, your eyes would water up a little bit. And then you're like, yeah. cut the shit. But like, I would get, cry. Get it together. I cried multiple times. Well, you were the one going through the Why is this happening to me? why is no one listening to me where are the doctors why is the epidural not working like it was just such a my mind like i started off the podcast had this idea that i was either going to go through pain and scream and cry and say fuck this and but have a natural labor or have an epidural and feel nothing and be like peaceful and peace love and joy and have this great birth and um you know they'd both be great but different you know pain tolerances and i had all the all the pain literally and all the extra meds that didn't feel good, like antibiotics, extra fluid, fentanyl that makes you feel funny. The, by the way, the epidural, oh, well, you know what we didn't say? Mm. The worst part for me, I think, besides the ring of fire and feeling the baby come out, was the shaking. Oh, you were shaking oh, like crazy. Yeah. I was shaking so bad that my hands looked like I was having um, a seizure. Yeah. And I couldn't hold things. And here's the scary part for me. My teeth would shatter, and I was like, worried that my I'm gonna my, break. My, I'm like, because you guys know I have like, the teeth you trauma. Bite on something. I was trying to think of something you could. And I was like, put I need a mouth guard because on. my yeah. teeth would uncontrollably chatter, and I was worried because of my teeth. They're so, um, you know, still messed up from the incident last summer. That sometimes, depending on how much I talk, like right now I've been talking a lot, my front teeth move in and hit my bottom teeth. You can imagine uncontrollable chatter. Mm-hmm. They're knocking each other. And the last thing I wanted was my tooth to fall out again because I know how painful that was. It's like I'm over there trying to like warm you up, but like you're not cold. I wasn't cold. It was just, they say it's just. I had a fever. It's adrenaline. It's almost like having the jimmies after drinking for five days Except on vacation. <laughs> you get the shakes because your, your body no. produces adrenaline yeah. to offset well, the depressants in your system. Shout out to the birth so. lounge because they talk they have a whole yeah. video dedicated to the shaking you know that happens right. naturally and the epidural heightens that epidural can cause shaking fentanyl can cause shaking fentanyl cause nausea i actually checked bad. my yeah. 
we paused this this recording at one point. I checked my text messages and I had texted my mom, telling her at 5:45 like the fentanyl feels really good, but it make but it also makes me feel really nauseous and sick. And, you um, never get no. You never get. I never threw up. up. I never threw up. Only but thing but multiple times, happen. I said, "I think I'm gonna throw up." I think I'm. Well, gonna my up. second point was, what else did you do during pregnancy? You mean labor? Labor, depression. <laughs> I don't know. You tell them. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the details, but every time she uh, discharged or let one rip, she like, "I'm so let sorry." Let one rip. Oh, gas. Like, fart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, they, push. It like, made me poop so it. gassy. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, "I'm so sorry. I just fart." Like she's I like, she's like sorry. I just like I just farted. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so, we're like all the nurses like we've. They're like, we've seen this. it all. We've seen it all. It's just hilarious. It, well, farted and. Oh, you pooped everywhere. I didn't poop no, everywhere. No, not everywhere. It was. It I was, would poop a little bit. It'd be like a little bit here and there. And you're like, did I just poop? And the nurses like clean up. Like, no, no, no. They'd be no, like, no, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, you pooped. Like, you're like, no, I, I pooped. Ah, I'm in contraction. Oh, did I poop? Like, no, yeah. no, no. Like, you want to poop. And we're, like, like, this is good. It means you're she pushing would, right. She would apologize every single time. Like, she farted. I'm so sorry. Oh, it was so bad. Those nurses, but... though, they're angels there. So. Yeah, they really were angels. Like, and, and this is so one of the questions. We have covered everything of, uh, through just storytelling um, that you, you guys asked. But one person did ask, you know, what what was it like having a doula? Did you really feel like you needed one? And I, do, I will say that when things got the worst, the nurses were so amazing. I know if I had to, I could have done it. Te- I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have it would have been awful without Heather because she the answer is yes we needed we needed yeah what I'm saying is the nurses weren't awful and they were supportive but the one thing about having a doula is that you are guaranteed to have a support person in the room the whole time because the nurses don't stay in the room they they had said you know if you want us for comfort remember multiple times Brianna said that sometimes she's like I will hang out with you I will hang out with you but other times they're busy they have other stuff they're busy they have other stuff you can't guarantee that someone will be there for you the whole time besides your partner from my perspective a partner is a great support system a doula is a great support system with a thousand bursts of experience so they know what the hell they're doing I have no idea what I'm doing we both looked to her before the epidural we both looked to her before the fentanyl we both looked to her before the She's going to tell the partner yeah. how to yeah. how to handle this, how to help, how to do this. So, absolutely. Absolutely. If you can if you can yeah. afford it, you can get one. And by the way, 100%. I'm, I'm going to plug her really quick um, in a way that's going to sound weird, especially because we talk about wealth consciousness on this on this podcast all the time. But she is a self-proclaimed cheapest doula in New Hampshire. She actually takes pride in in that. Um, she's very inexpensive and um, she also is a masseuse so she will give me a um, postpartum massage at six weeks. She gave me labor inducing massages and she gave me prenatal massages as early as 18 weeks pregnant. Um, she has seven kids herself and, um, and she's done every single thing. She's had C-sections, she's had epidurals, she's yeah, had natural, she's natural. done it all. She's so done she's, it all herself. She's been yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but she did say this was her longest birth she's ever attended. She broke the 30, we, 36 hours was her, her longest. longest. And, and we broke she it. Called, she called, I think it was Tuesday evening. She yeah. called her father because her father was watching the, her kids, her, her last two kids she had that are younger. Um, hey, you know, could you... Could you watch him Thursday night? Or, or Wednesday went, sorry, night. Wednesday night, yeah. just in case. And he's like, "Oh, oh, really? Yeah, okay." Yeah. <laughs> nice guy. You can hear him on the phone. So she's incredible, and um, and it really was just nice having that person in the room, no matter what. She massaged my feet. She massaged my butt. She massaged places that I didn't even know would help me. She rubbed my head. She, 
I mean, Jeff was like, I was exhausted from you pushing into me and we're hol- holding. Her and I are holding her legs up and, and twisting them and holding and pushing for hours and, for hour. and like, hours. I was like, I'm a I'm a bigger guy. You Obviously, work out I'm, every day. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a superhero, but like I'm tired. I want to sit down. I want to like take a nap. I want to. Yeah. And, and she's doing the same thing. I am. I'm like, God bless her. And she was and she was so strong but mighty. I mean, she did say a couple times. The only thing she ever said that hurt her or challenged her was that my hand. My hands like are so here. strong that when I squeeze someone's hand when I'm in pain, it's it's crushing because it's like I can hold 300 pounds on my hand. Like that makes sense. But um, not to toot my own horn, but I, I took it well. You took it. I yeah, took it you well. didn't take those well. But she was <laughs> like, "Ow!" That's all I had Ow! to do for the Ow! process. I think I can handle it. Yeah. So I guess if anyone's wondering, what do I think now about having a baby? Some really amazing women wrote to me on Instagram. It was like, "Hey, I don't know the whole story yet, but it sounds like." You had a very similar experience to me. Um, one of my friends from college, actually, and um, we both had the swelling. Because that's the other thing. You swell so much from all the IVs. I was so swollen for the, the first four days after birth. It was That was honestly really uncomfortable. But anyway, she had the, she was very similar to me, except that she did have to have the C-section. And she told me with her two other babies, she has three kids, she did have to... Um, be induced with both of them but um they were really quick inductions so there's a chance that my body will know what to do better next time oh, yeah. i mean it's, it's, it's at the end of the day we're just so lucky we have this healthy little guy who's been sleeping four hour stretches through the night four nights in a row i could cry thinking about him he's so cute and he's so happy and um yeah i could just we're both tearing up thinking about him um, uh, um one question if i told you that before the whole labor process, we told the doctors it was going to be natural and everything was fake and all the fentanyl and epidural were just yeah. made up. What would you say? I'd be so pissed at you. Because that's what happened. <laughs> no, it's not. We talk, Heather and I talked no, to the doctors. She wanted a natural birth. You're making this we're up. We're going to put sugar water <laughs> and the catheter is going to be a popsicle stick. <laughs> no way. No, but okay. So yeah. now this is a big, uh, big question. How would you rate me zero to ten? Ten being the best supportive partner yeah. ever, or zero being like he just ran away and cried in the corner? No, ten out of ten, best. And I told you going yeah. into that, I'm like, I don't want it. Well, I mean, I did want Heather there because yeah. we didn't know what we were getting into, and I wanted her there for you as well. Um, but if I, I told you leading up to the, the month and a half before, I was like, there's nobody else I want in that room more than you. I couldn't pick a different. I couldn't pick a better person than you. Because you did a really good job of like when I would cry, you wouldn't like cry to or tell me to stop. You would just be like, I know, I know, I know. And you were just like, I know, it's it's awful. Um, I said I know, but I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was But it wasn't like you were like, like my mom like, can be that person yeah. sometimes. It's like, it's fine. You'll, you'll be fine. Toughen like, up. Hey, you, you know? Yeah, You're, yeah. You, you have to do this or, get, you know, don't be self. You be selfless. You're I doing mean, this you, for the baby. Like you were just holding space for me and letting me punch your hands and let me. I, I honestly took a little bit of happiness using you as a punching bag when it's, I was like, funny, like, fuck you. You're counting too slow. Like, get yeah, out of it's, here. It's like, funny. You can't obviously I turned on you. not take offense a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like I was like, I, that, that's mean. Like I'm, I was I'm, being I'm, mean. but I was like, but at, I at this point to... in time, you cannot say anything yeah. or do anything that just says okay, 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 yeah. like accept it. And that's yeah. bottom line. That's and it. I will say, if I were to say like, what are the three best things about this? I say as I feel my really hard boobs because it's almost time to feed. Easy. Um, the three best things about this. Obviously, he's healthy 
he is thriving and we're so lucky. The second best thing, in my opinion, is that I got to experience something that not every woman does, which is the fetal ejection reflex. Because to me, if I'm going to get spiritual for a second, it was like, whether it was God, the universe, and I knew that I, the divine feminine, that I needed to get that baby out and I couldn't do it on my own anymore. I was spent uh, like gas tank at zero, no food, no energy, you all the pain. You don't give those firecracker popsicles much of a No, they were not, they were not, they were soothing in the moment, but they did not fill me up. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the coolest thing on a spiritual level that it got the baby out. And on a physical level, it felt like, um, you know, anyone out there who ever has gone surfing, you know what it's like to paddle really hard, work your ass off, pop up, hold the wave, hold your form, all that stuff. And this was like if you were in a surfing simulation and someone put you on the board and did all the work for you and you just got to like witness the wave and experience it. Like that was the second coolest thing aside from him being born and being healthy. And the third... At the le- what do you mean? At the... When you were the fetal ejection reflex was just the second. Kind of, you felt cool like thing. you were just kind of watching it. Yeah, uh, your body. Remember, I was just like, it's just, happening, and, it would, uh, and then it just like, and then Heather would tuck my chin, and then I, it, it pushed. My body was just dry heaving wow, the baby yeah. out. Nah, that was the coolest. Like, I thought she said a lot of pain. And right that's now. what I'm saying. That's the coolest thing because I, I mean, granted, I did feel the ring of fire. Like that wasn't cool, but the fact that my body pushed the baby out um, without me doing it when it actually was said and done at the very end. Just not every woman experiences that. In fact, most yeah. of the time it happens when someone's unconscious or unable to push because of whatever nature does that. Just so that was yeah. pretty epic. Um, and then the third thing, there's like a third and two thirds. They're not third and fourth, they're tied. Is that the nurses were so amazing. Yep. And that you and Heather were so amazing. That was probably, those were the highlights of my birth. And then I guess if there's one more thing, the gluten-free brownies at the hospital were really Those are pretty good. good. I reactions. I also drank a ton of diet ginger ale that was awesome. A couple of things. Um, I I remember texting my dad after. I was like, Dad, this is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And I wasn't the one in labor. Yeah. He was like, oh, wow. You hiked an elk up a mountain at 10,000 feet after being in the woods for seven. Like exhausted and and tiring and physically exhausting. But that, that. Obviously, hunting has its physical aspects, but uh, not emotional like this. This had both. It was emotional. Physical, physical not like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm hiking a mountain. But, like, just standing, holding, pushing, and and more emotional, like, taking taking whatever you have to throw at me, accepting it, and encouraging you. Um, you know, it, it's easy to say, like, just do that. But it, it's hard when you're, you know, when you're yeah. 40 hours without sleep and... And she's punching you and telling you, put your hand this way. No, what the you're fuck? Not, yeah, why way? are you it's not like, doing this the right way? Like, yeah, I was I'm like, that's so <laughs> like, I, I have no sleep. I'm not, but like, hey, what are you going to do? You got you to take it. You got to emotionally just accept yeah. it and, and go with it. And that's uh, that was challenging. That was I'm probably like, the wow, deepest was, bonding yeah. we've ever done and will ever do. Yeah. I, I mean, but I will say I'm still game to get pregnant again, <laughs> which is really weird. How quickly? If I mean, I would do yeah. it again this summer if we weren't having a wedding in 2022. So I'm going to. Yeah. So the baby. I'm not going to be able to get pregnant. We have to pregnant. sign like legal documents. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we're not, not married. married. Yeah. Like, had to, like, is this do really your dad? Does he? Yeah. Does I'd like confirm Jeff was a dad. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I think they do that regardless. But um, but anyway, that was a story, and um, I'll do a postpartum update because that's been really magical and cool and hard and shitty at the same time. But um, I'm just glad that Declan is so healthy and that 
we got to hold him eventually and um, all of those everything is just so much but again I'm definitely gonna get pregnant again I know well I don't know but I'm assuming I'll probably have to be induced in the future yeah, 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 yeah. I know I shouldn't say that, don't say that. Um, but if I were this is probably a question people have how can I mentally embrace or think about being induced again? Or ask and the question, why are so many women induced when, when you're supposed we watch the to business of have a birth. baby without being induced? Oh, I think I'll probably spend some time in my second pregnancy weighing my risk. And again, it all comes down to like being at the OB and, and really getting checked out to say, what are my risks? How healthy is this pregnancy? Because we don't know yet. If I had as healthy of a pregnancy... And with my second, I still don't know if I would be willing to take the risk like your cousin and other women take by going till 42 weeks to labor naturally and wait, wait for your body to do it. Because I just don't know. Like eating the dates, pumping, we, uh, having we, yeah, sex. Yeah, we didn't tell her. We tried everything, everything in the book. Possible. General Sal's chicken. Red raspberry leaf tea, spicy food, sex, well, the, pineapple, we, dates. We went to Margarita's and got spicy jalapeno, but she couldn't drink it. So like, I'm over there eating jalapenos. I'm like crying. It didn't work. It was yeah. so freaking hot. But like that. But we but had spicy needs, Indian food. I'm not we the one having the baby. did everything and it didn't, nothing worked. Um, literally, we tried everything. It's a, a lot of it's just, you know. My body wasn't ready. And so anyway, yeah. if I have to be induced again, my it's gonna prayer... Be, it's not going to be till 14 days after. Yeah, I'll wait a little day. longer. If, again, we assess the risk, we do the non-stress test, we do the all of the tests we did this time and everything looks good, I may try to wait a little longer. My doula said her perspective was you should have waited till Thursday to start the induction. Yeah, there's no... That was her opinion. And I agree because that would mean that... I would have had two more days for the cervix to kind of open up on I was thinking, I was thinking, like, no when, when they said, one, like, Sunday after, like, one week, I was like, no, that's too soon. Like, I was the one that told you, I'm like, should yeah. we call them? Like, that seems too soon. Yeah. We pushed it back and two I'm days. And I'm so glad we didn't, because that probably yeah. would have been, who knows? I'm not going to say anything. But, my again, thanks to the people who have written to me. Thank you to everyone who said such nice things and been so supportive. Um, and the people who have said that their other inductions went better. Um, that yeah. is helpful for me in the future because I know I want more kids. And um, the one takeaway: every single birth is different. Different. So don't yeah. don't think this is going to be you. Or yeah, please anything. don't think this <laughs> is going to be this you. Is, but this also, is not this has never happened. Just know that this is happened. a unique experience, like every other birth is. Because I want to do it thinking I'm either going to go natural and grit through the pain. Uh, or, you know, go natural, quote, in air quotes, like have to be Pitocin and then go through the pain and maybe get an epidural and feel better. And then epidural equals peace, love, joy. There's, there's no wrong decision. Just, you know, yeah. weigh your options, weigh your risks, and then take it from there. You know? And have a supportive partner <laughs> and a doula. And by, if you can, yeah. you can have a doula or a midwife or whatever. And by the way, 100%. my doula did um, do like a pro bono. She does like a pro bono client, just like I always have a pro bono client and um you know those options are out there too so um and again we found her and she's super inexpensive so um yeah please feel free to send questions she's so inexpensive it was probably like four dollars an hour like when yeah. you add it up it when, was yeah. ridiculously inexpensive so at least explore it if you know if if money's tight or, or you know you don't want to spend a lot of money at least check it out and like, again we also could, we could be cheaper because it's new hampshire i'm sure boston could be expensive but um there yep. are options, so and she was gonna come to Boston actually for our birth when we were initially being seen at Tufts, so um, so maybe, yeah. Maybe I could be a doula, man, doula. You could be actually support man. You have push, to go get push all and of punch your, me. Yeah, you have to get all your certs, but you'd be know. good at it. You'd be really under good the at table. <laughs> I give you some postpartum super loafs. Oh yeah, we've been venison. having all of the grind on his at surfer because 
he posted all about this meat grind he made with venison, pork fat, and liver, and it's been really healing. So, um, yeah. So yeah. that's it. That's the story. If you want pictures of all her labor positions and her misery, uh, DM me on <laughs> at Surfer Cuz. I'll share. Don't share the crotch one. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, dare to move.